Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have your Bible, turn it to 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. And as you're turning in your Bible, I want to welcome everyone who is joining us by, uh, by stream or by podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We know that everybody could be anywhere in the world today, but you've taken the time to join us at Activation Church, and I really do appreciate it. We've been in a series on faith, and we're going to carry on with that thought today. And this story in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, is a very popular story. It's a story that if you grew up in church, you're very familiar with it. But what I love about this story is there are so many messages within it that could be preached. And every time I open the Bible to read this story, something new jumps out at me. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 3, And the Philistines, that's the army who is coming against Israel, which are the children of God. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel, God's people, stood on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Goth, whose height was six cubits and a span. This is a big guy. He measures around nine foot tall. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. And the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And his shield bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are not you the servants of Saul? Saul is the king of Israel at the time. Then he says, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. In other words, we don't need to bother the entire army. Let's go at this man to man, mano and mano. And when Saul, the king of Israel, the mighty man, the fearless warrior, and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Somebody say greatly afraid. Verse 12, now David was the son of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem and Judah, named Jesse, who had eight sons. In the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle, and the name of his three sons who went to battle were Eliab, the firstborn. Next to him was Abinadab, and the third was Shammah. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, this is an important part of the story, for 40 days, the Philistine came forward 
and took his stand morning and evening. So when you woke up, you heard the voice of Goliath challenging you. When you went to bed at night, you heard the voice of Goliath challenging you. And this has gone on for 40 days. And Jesse said to David, his son, take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these 10 loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these 10 cheeses to the commander of their thousand. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with his keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army, and David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion of the Philistine of Goth, Goliath by name, came up from out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before, but something different happened here. This time, the Bible says, David heard him. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. Surely he has come up to destroy us. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the man who stood by, hold up. What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when they spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left these few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another. Sometimes you've got to learn to turn away from the negative voices. Sometimes you've got to learn to turn away from the voices who are speaking against your destiny. And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way and the people answered him again as before. When the words of David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, watch how David responds to this. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you were but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, ignoring the negative voice of Saul, David says to him, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. 
And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. If you're taking notes today, the title of this message is Filtered Through Faith. Can you turn to the person next to you and just say, Filtered Through Faith? If you're watching online, put that in the chat right now. Filtered Through Faith. You know, I've learned over time that you can say one thing and you can be as clear as clear can be, but what you have said can be interpreted in as many different ways as there are hearers in the room. How many of you have known that to be true? You ask your kids when they get home from school, do you have any homework? And they say no. So you go about your day, and now it's time for bed. Everybody get in bed, lights out. And the kid says, I've got some schoolwork to do. You say, what do you mean you got schoolwork to do? I asked you if you have any homework, and they said, no, you didn't. You asked me if I have any homework that I want to do right now. Why? Because we interpret what is said in the way that we want to interpret it, the way that we hear it. doesn't mean it was said that way. You know, the other day, I'm, I'm doing a wedding rehearsal, and as we're in this rehearsal, I get to the part to where we're going to go through the vows. Do you promise all these things? And the bride stops me and says, now, we're not going to do any of that stuff about obeying one another in here. <laughs> so I responded to her. I said, I said do you want to hear what I have written down she heard here's what she heard do you want to let me finish that's what she heard what I said was would you like to hear what I have written down in other words what I meant was this is your wedding I'm here for you I will let you change this however you want to I'll say turn cartwheels for the rest of your life I don't care this is your wedding but what she heard was do you want to let me finish and she responded with, I want to punch you in the throat. <laughs> Never in my life <laughs> have I been told by a bride that she wants to throat punch me. It was all because she heard what I did not say. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is possible for every person in this room to hear one thing, but interpret it a completely different way. You will interpret it based upon your life experience. Some of you will interpret it by what you're going through at the moment. You know, if I was to tell a joke, some of you who are like in a good mood, you would interpret it as, hey, that's funny, I need to laugh. If you've been like had a bad, really bad week and you're in a bad mood, you would interpret it as he's being a sarcastic hole and I don't, you know what I'm saying, and I want to throat punch him. And what's interesting about all of this is Goliath has been challenging the children of Israel for 40 days saying the same exact thing. But what all these men who were dressed for battle, who were carrying swords, who were carrying spears, who had shields, who had helmets on their head, who had formal training, all they heard was, I'm going to kill you. 
There's no reason for us to bring all the armies together, give me one man, let me kill that man, and we'll call it a day. That's all they heard. But then David shows up. And here's something completely different. Because instead of filtering what he heard through fear or worry or anxiety, he filters what he hears through faith. See, I think a lot of times when we hear things or we experience things in life, we filter it through our emotions. We filter it through our worry. We filter it through our fear. We filter it through all of these, like, what ifs? Well, what if I get sick? What if I lose my job? What if this happens? What if that happens? And we build up more worry and more anxiety because we are filtering what we hear through our fear. We are filtering what we hear through our worry and our anxiety. But what if? Instead of filtering it through our fear, we started filtering it through our faith. What if instead of this challenge being here to destroy us and to demolish us, what if this season we are in, what if this challenge we are facing is something that will actually take you into your destiny? What if your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of this battle? Are you hearing what I'm saying? What if the storm you're going through right now is teaching you how to walk on water? What if? What if you were going to take the time to start filtering things through your faith instead of your fear? You know, the Bible says in Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, verse 2, it says, when you pass through the waters, now get this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. The reality is you will face some problems. The reality is you will go through some waters. The reality is you will come against some fire. But faith says, even though I come to the water, even though I come to the fire, even though I face the challenge, I know that God is with me. And faith says, even though it's a reality, God has the ability to change it. Faith is not denying reality. That's a really poor teaching of faith. And maybe some of you have heard that. Like, you've got an excruciating headache. But you go, I don't have this headache. I don't have this headache. That's not faith. Faith is, I have a headache, but I serve a God who's a healer. And I believe that he is able to touch me and meet me at the point of my need because God works beyond my reality. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how difficult it seems. It doesn't matter how big the giant looks that's standing in front of me. I serve a God that is bigger. And if I will begin to magnify him over magnifying my problem, that's when God steps in and takes charge. You know what would do us a lot of good? It's to learn how to praise. 
Because the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when I begin to praise him, he steps off of his throne and into my situation. So many times we hear the cry of Goliath and we start panicking, we start worrying, we start talking about how bad it is, we start running, we start hiding. But instead of, uh, instead of running from the problem, instead of even ignoring the problem, what if we just start talking about how good God is? how big God is, how great God is. Start reminding yourself of everything that God has done for you in your past. I came against a lion and God delivered me. I came against a bear and God delivered me. And I'm in a tight spot now, but I know that God will deliver me. That's faith. Are you following what I'm saying? I love David's attitude in Psalm 18, verse 29. He says, for by my God, I can run against the truth. Get this, by my God, I can run against the truth. By my God, I can leap over a wall. What's he saying? I know that there are going to be some troops that I've got to face in my life. I know that there are going to be some walls that people or principalities tried to build to keep me from my destiny. But no matter what they put in my way, no matter how tall the wall may seem, I will always rise above it because God is with me. Hear what I'm saying. You, through Christ Jesus, are more than a conqueror. You are built for victory. The Bible says that you are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. You are going forward and never backing down that is who you are and sometimes we're waiting on God to show up and God's not trying to show up he's saying I'm already there I'm waiting on you to hear it and see it in a different way did you catch that see faith hears in a different way but faith always also sees through a different perspective the children of Israel saw a giant who was going to defy their army. They saw a giant that was going to kill somebody. David heard an opportunity. David saw this obstacle and this challenge as an opportunity for God to do something incredible in his life. You see it when you read the story. He, you know, he woke up that morning like any other day. It was a normal day. He didn't know that that night he was going to go to bed as a national hero. He didn't know that a few thousand years later we'd be talking about him on a Sunday morning. It was a normal day to him. He woke up and he was taking bread and cheese to his brothers. But when he got there, he heard the challenge of Goliath and he saw an opportunity. See, it's all about faith. Faith sees things differently than other people see them. See, I was thinking about it this morning when I was over there worshiping because this has been one hell of a week for me. It's been a tough week. But as I was worshiping, and I would say this to myself throughout the week, even though I didn't feel like it, I would say, I know God's going to do something amazing. You know, there's a story my dad used to tell of these two boys. One was extremely optimistic and one was extremely pessimistic. And the dad said, you know what, I want to switch their point of view. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the pessimistic child and I'm going to put him in a room full of presents. And I'm going to take the optimistic child and I'm going to put him in a room full of manure. And so the father put his kids in these rooms and he stepped back and he was waiting to hear what's going on. And he, all he heard from the room full of gifts was silence. 
And he went to his son. He said, son, what, what, what's wrong? You're in a room full of gifts. Doesn't this make you happy? And the son said, dad, all I can think about is all the garbage that's going to have to be cleaned up after the gifts are open. While he's talking to that son, he hears this great commotion of joy in the manure room. And he runs over there, and he goes into this manure room, and his son's laughing and singing and shoveling manure. And the dad says, son, what's wrong with you? You're in a room full of poop. And the son says, dad, with all this manure, there's got to be a horse somewhere. Are you seeing that? It's all, about, it's all about your outlook. It's all about how you see things. Is the problem here to crush you and destroy you, or is the problem there to strengthen you and to bring you into your destiny? See, David heard what no one else heard. They heard the challenge of Goliath, and David heard that the king's going to enrich the man who kills this sucker. And David heard, I need a man to fight. Or you see what I'm saying? David saw an opportunity to advance his life. David saw an opportunity to start walking in his purpose to be the future king of Israel. He didn't have time to be a coward because he was too busy trusting God. You know, the Bible says in Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 28, it says, all things are working together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So here's my outlook on life. And I promise you, I don't feel that this way all the time. But here's my outlook on life. If something's bad is happening, I know that God is going to work it to my good because I am called by him and I love him. So no matter what I go through in this life, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how much it may stink, I know that every single thing he is doing is working for my good. David says in Psalm 27, verse 13, he said, I would have lost heart. Think about this. I've gone through things in life that I would have just given up. I would have thrown my hands in the air. I would have said, enough's enough. Anybody ever been there? You don't have to raise your hand, but you've been there before. You feel like you've, you've, you've been through so much stuff that all you want to do is say, it's over. I'm done. I've been there before. David's been there before. Goliath was not the only challenge that David had to face in his life. If you read his story, you'll see that family members turned against him. Saul, a man that he loved and honored, turned against him. David had a rough life. And he says here in Psalm 27, 13, he said, I would have lost heart unless I believed. What's that? Unless I had faith. Unless I had an expectation that I would see the goodness of the Lord, not in heaven, but in the land of the living. Are you seeing this? I know that if something is going wrong, that God is working something incredibly great for my life. This life will give you one million and one reasons to give up. This life is tough. It's not easy. And every morning you'll face negative voices. You'll face challenges. You'll face obstacles, and all these things are trying to stop you. All these things are trying to slow you down. All these things are trying to derail you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But what I've learned is anytime you've got a great destiny, there will always be a great giant there to taunt you. And you can either back away from the giant and miss out on the blessing that lies ahead of you, or you can say like David, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is the one that thinks they're greater than God? 
I know that God is with me. I know that God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? I know that I am more than a conqueror. I live from a place of victory. And so I welcome the challenge when it comes because I know it's going to do something great for me and it's going to take me to a greater place than I ever thought before. Controversy will always drive you into a better place as long as you're walking with God and you're doing it in faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to catch that. Sometimes we think that, well, I'm going through all this stuff and I'm doing everything right and God must be mad at me. No, if you're doing everything right and everything's going wrong, that's a good sign that you're headed in the right direction and you need to keep on moving that way. Think about the 12 spies. God tells them, I'm going to give you all this land. It's going to be a beautiful place, flowing with milk and honey. The salmon of Capistrano that's going to be there. Some of y'all. It's going to be a beautiful place. They send out 12 spies. Ten of them come back with a negative report. All they could see were the giants. They were so nearsighted, all they saw were the giants, and they came back with a negative report, complaining, saying, we can't do it. But two men, Joshua and Caleb, they had faith. If God says there's a blessing there, then we'll go through the giants. Think about that. God told them to go take Jericho. There was a great wall all around them. They didn't go, oh, well, there's a great wall. No, they had faith. They marched around that wall, and they declared the praises of God, and the walls came down. What I'm trying to say to you this morning is there will be junk in your life. There will be walls. There will be problems. There will be oppositions. There will be giants. But you have the opportunity through faith to either see it as an obstacle or an opportunity. And you've got to dig in. At some point in time, you've got to dig in and say, I know in whom I believe. And I know he is well able to meet me at the point of my need. And begin to worship him. And begin to praise him as if the victory has already happened for you. That's an important key right there. Don't wait for the battle to be over to shout. Start shouting now. Start talking about how good God is now. Stop looking at the problem. Stop staring at the giant and start looking at the God who is able to take him out. It'll change everything about your life. It'll change everything for you. Listen, I'm not standing up here this morning telling you I'm a perfect, prob per perfect problem. <laughs> I'm a perfect problem. I'm not up here telling you that I'm a perfect person. I've got problems. This week, I dealt with some really major stuff. And everything within me in the natural wanted to say, I don't want to deal with this. But I reminded myself of how far God has brought me. And if he's brought me to this point, he'll never leave me here. He's got a purpose for my life. He's got a destiny for my life. He has a purpose for this church. He has a destiny for this church. And although the enemy will fight and do everything he can to try to stop us and stop what we're doing, he has no power, he has no victory, and we win every single time. I woke up this morning, I opened an email, and I saw a victory that God had already given me. And I said, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Are you seeing that? You know, I could go on for hours about this. 
So many of you right now, you're waiting on God to show up and do something great. And he's saying, I already have. I've shed my blood for you. I've placed my spirit inside of you. I've called you a son. I've called you a daughter. There's great power and victory inside of you. Start living from that place. Start having faith. Start believing in the God that you serve. Start walking after him. Start serving him. He's not the magic genie in the sky that just drops candy out anytime you need it. He's the God who faithfully rewards those who diligently seek him. Did you hear that? We've gotten so far away from that in the church. We've given everybody so many principles and promises and this and that, and we've gotten away from the main point. The main point of your existence is to diligently seek him, to have a personal relationship with him. When it comes to salvation and what Jesus did for us on the cross, so many times we think, oh, he did it because we needed to be forgiven of our sins. And he does forgive us of our sins through that process, but he didn't die so that we could be forgiven of our sins. He died to get sin out of the way so that we could be reconnected with the Father. That's why we were created in the first place. We were created to have relationship and fellowship with the Father. And through sin, we gave up our right. We gave up our authority. We gave up our dominion here on this earth. And Jesus said, I'm going to come and seek and save that which was lost. And through his shed blood, for anyone that puts their faith in him, they are reconnected to the Father. You can come to him at any moment in time. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through a ritual. You can come to your Father at any time and just have fellowship with him and have communion with him. And those that diligently seek him are the ones that find the reward. So I know, and we connect the dots here, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt if I am doing my best to seek him and to spend time with him, this isn't religion, it's relationship, that I know that his hand is on me and he's going to take care of me. And I will not stop breathing until my purpose here on earth is completed. Did you know that? You cannot die as long as you are walking in your purpose. Do you want me to biblically prove that to you? Look at the different apostles that were martyred. They take John the Beloved, they boil him in oil, and the man does not die. Do you know why he doesn't die? Because he hadn't written the book of Revelation yet. He goes to Patmos, and from there he lives many, many, many more years. As long as you're walking in your purpose of serving God, you can't die. You can't. It's impossible. Now, when you're done, you're done. Or if you refuse to walk in that purpose, that's a scary place to live. But when you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am called and I'm walking in my purpose and I am seeking God, then you can have faith and believe that he will lead you through every aspect of your life. I want to pray for those who are watching online right now. Thank you for being a part. And I hope that this message today has encouraged you and inspired you to go further than you ever have before. I believe that God has created you for a purpose. You're not an accident. And somebody needs to hear that today. You are not an accident. You are a desire of God 
And out of that desire, he designed you and brought you into this earth for this time. So, Father, for every person watching or listening, we ask that you would move in a mighty and a powerful way. God, whatever obstacle they are facing today, Lord, we ask that you would turn it into an opportunity for them to see your hand in their life. Father, bring healing and joy and strength and peace to every person today in Jesus' name.